Welcome back to another Euro 45 podcast where we are young, opinionated, and relatable. It's Moye. And it's your boy Rub, y'all. What is good? Today, we got a brand new guest, man. A fashionista in the flesh. Natalie. Hi, everybody. My name is Natalie. What is fucking good? What's up? I'm good. Thank you for having me. This hey, is we, really exciting. We are excited. Super, super excited mm-hmm. to have you here. The first time we've had somebody that is on fashion like we are. Yes. On the podcast, Let's you know. Let's go. And that's a shot to all of our guests before. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a bold statement. Like, what I, so I had a couple questions. How did you get into fashion? Like, I know this is your, your niche, something that it seems mm-hmm. like you can do for a minute. It comes so easy mm-hmm. to you. And uh, I recently got into it, like, mm-hmm. seriously. Mm-hmm. Same thing with. My co-host right there, you know. So, just want to hear, you know, what made you get into fashion? I think growing up, that was kind of the only thing that I was kind of good at. Because I'm from Hong Kong originally. I was born and raised there. And coming mm-hmm. to the U.S., English, math, I was not really good at any of that. Right. And <laughs> I feel like fashion and art was the only thing I completely excelled in. And I was very lucky and blessed that my family really support my passion. And I think that's how I got into it. So were you, when you were just getting into mm-hmm. fashion, was it like streetwear or was it? No. Yeah, I think LA changed me, <laughs> unfortunately. I used to, you'll never even guess. I used to just like wear heels every day, like super girly. Oh. Yeah, yeah yikes, yikes, yeah. And then I think once I got into LA, I got into streetwear. And now it's like my thing. But I was just like growing up, like playing with like stuffed animals and stuff. I'll make clothes for them and just like kind of making my own clothes as well. So it's just something that I kind of picked up on and just took seriously. And I think the minute that I realized fashion was it was when I realized that I was I used to knit a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I really it is just, hard. It's fun. <laughs> Have you knit? Have you tried? No, I no, don't do it. It is hard. No, it's not. Once you pick it up, it's quite easy. So I used to knit a lot. And then um, people would come up to me and ask me, because I wouldn't, I made a pair of like knitted shorts. Mm-hmm. Super random. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> Still got them? Yeah, I do, actually. And then people would be like, oh, where did you get that? I'm like, oh, I made it. Because it's like something you will not really see in yeah. public. And then from that point, I decided to like kind of open like my Etsy shop. Mm-hmm. So th- from there, I kind of popped off just doing like, Knitting and then as well as like vintage upcycling and just yeah, that's how tell, I tell the people your shop. Man. My so shop. So they know what's up. Well, <laughs> it's know where to look. well, it doesn't exist anymore. This was back in 2012 when right. I was in high school, mm-hmm. and then from that moment I just realized like yeah, fashion, it's that's it. That's like that's ride or die, fashion. It. Like fashion is dope though. Like I never yeah. thought I was gonna ever take it serious, mm. just because it was kind of just something that. You know, you just want to look better than the people you see on the regular. That's just how I took it. <laughs> I'm competitive like that. You know, I pull up and say I got, like, when um when Air Forces were hot, mm-hmm. right? Like, I want to say, like, 2005, 
maybe like around that time. Mm-hmm. Pull up with a fresh pair of Air Forces school. Everybody's loving it. Oh, oh. And then all of a sudden you see more people rocking. And you're like, okay, I started that. Oh, it's like, all right, let me, let me change to something else. All right. Then pull up with the babe sweater. And, oh, uh, you all know about okay. billionaire boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, so it started with like that. And then mm-hmm. as I saw, I was the type of person that when I saw a trend becoming hot, mm-hmm. I wanted to go to something else. Like, I wanted to find the next mm-hmm. best thing. Right. And then after I got off of like that wave, I went into like thrifting. Mm-hmm. And thrifting is when I really started to get into like, I guess the constructive part of fashion, yeah, where it's like deconstructing things and mm-hmm. putting things together. Like mm-hmm. I started making alterations to jeans, cutting up shirts, just doing different shit. But mm-hmm. I wasn't nice like how you were making a full like shorts from scratch knitting. I wasn't doing mm-hmm. anything like that. It was literally alterations. Still making things different and unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so stayed with that for a while, and then out of nowhere, kind of just reached the point in life where I was able to make a career change. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why not go to school for fashion? You know, mm-hmm. like, fit them, a school that was good. <laughs> all of us have <laughs> gone to or go to. <laughs> um, I kind of lost my train of thought of that celebration. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have something to ask. Yeah. Or add. Um, what made you want to go to fit em? Fitum. Okay, so Fitum. How actually that happened was because my brother as well, he wanted to do design. So he had the opportunity to do a viewing at Fitum. And then I decided to go with him. And mm-hmm. the minute I stepped into the campus, I knew this was a school for me. I just knew it. How old were you at this? At this this was when I was like sophomore year in high school. And then FIDM has do this program that you can do early acceptance. Mm. So I actually got into FIDM junior year. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So they lock in the tuition. Mm -hmm. So they lock in the tuition in advance. So you don't. Like now tuition is so expensive. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> no, I just, I can see them doing some shit like that. Yeah. Fit them to be doing the most to be, honestly, mm, do your research before you go to fit them. That's all I'm going to say. Do your research. Oh. <laughs> oh, How'd you get into fashion? Man? From like the beginning days? I guess like, yeah, what, in, what, what was the spark? spark? Yeah. yeah. Spark? For me, I always liked shoes. Mm. And then like my brother, who's like nine years older than me, he was a reseller. So I got to see when he was like a teenager, I'm still like pretty young. Mm-hmm. I get to see all these different shoes coming mm-hmm. into the house. And right. then when I got older, became a teenager, a lot of shoes that he had that he didn't want or he wasn't gonna sell, he let me have them. Oh, that's so nice. And so I guess that yeah. kind of uh, started the do you still have any of the shoes? Yeah, I have a lot of them. Ooh. Yeah, still. You need to show the viewers next time. The yeah, shoe sure. collection. <laughs> a couple shoes. Just a couple. Yeah. A couple of the rare ones. Mm-hmm. So I guess that started my infatuation with mm-hmm. footwear. And then similar to Reb's story, I was at a crossroads to where I could pick and choose a new path or stay on the one that I was on. And I didn't even know about Fitum. He told me about it. And then I like showed up the San Diego campus and like I was enrolled in like three days started. Yeah. See, that's funny, like 
So being originally from LA, Fidham is a well-known school mm-hmm. in this area. Mm-hmm. Everybody fucking knows about mm-hmm. it. So when I was picking the career change to fashion, mm-hmm. Fidham was the number one option. Mm-hmm. I didn't even do research in other places. I probably should have, to yeah. be real. I mm-hmm. probably should have, but just because it was one of those like childhood dreams. Yeah, it, of course. It really wasn't, but it became mm-hmm. that, you know? Then it was like, I gotta go. Yeah. I got One question I got though, now that you're graduating, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're ahead of mm-hmm. us, um, of us. How, how has it been? Like, what was the first couple steps, I guess, into the real fashion mm-hmm. world? I think any specialty school in general speaking, mm-hmm. you have to put in effort. You can't just like show up to class and just be done and you expect to get, graduate and get a job. Right. It's like you network, work, network, like him talking, you network mm-hmm. with your instructors, teachers, people that are in your class. I think that makes a huge difference, just having that contact. Because you don't know in the future, like the girl that you sat next to or the guy you sat next to, they'd be working your dream job or the company you really want to work with. Right. And then you at least have the information, reach out and be like, hey, like, is there any opening? Like, hook a brother up, hook a six up, you know? Remember me? Remember me? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think it's a huge part as well in FIDM. I think FIDM does a really good job in actually teaching you all the tiny things about the industry that you wouldn't know. So you are really well prepared. I would say FIDM, you are pretty well prepared once you get out of school. The end of the day is like they promise you, oh, we'll be here to help you. They don't. <laughs> they don't help you. They just give you. They just, they just say, good luck. Thank you for your money. Have a great day. Just kidding. You went but, on board. <laughs> come back and, and, you know, show us your oh, love. We have a bachelor program. You guys are welcome to come back. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, they have like the career website that you can right. look up jobs. And I have gotten actually a few jobs from there. Mm. But I think main thing is you got to do, you have to put in effort. You don't, right. you can't expect that jobs will come in your way once when you are done. Right. Yeah. You put it out there. Mm-hmm. That's another reason why, like, now that we're in this era, mm-hmm. era of like Zoom classes, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm losing so much of going yeah. to FIDM yeah. just because of the connections you're talking about. Like, building that mm-hmm. network, I feel like that was mm-hmm. a half of the part, half of going to the school, mm-hmm. getting that networking mm-hmm. and then learning the information. Mm-hmm. And now that I have that networking part gone, mm-hmm. like, you know. You can still connect with the students in your class. It, it's hard. Yeah. Have you ever tried to connect <laughs> with a, a classmates through Zoom? Of course. I've had online <laughs> classes, remember? So, yeah. so me, when I'm in a classroom environment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Teachers talking. They stop yeah. talking. You know, talk to me. You know, of our course, classmates. Of course. Teachers talking constantly in a Zoom yeah. class. When they stop talking, yeah. it's break. It's break. We gone. You know, oh, it's I not have, like. Maybe I'm a girl. So, right. like, girls, we are on separate group chats and we'll be like talking smack about the teacher. <laughs> We used to be like, oh my god, do you hear what he just said? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, but that's just girls. I don't know, guys. I don't know. It's I mean, kind of rare to even have guys that fit him that are straight. You, so you're right. You're I was right. genuinely right. shook when I met these two. I was like, wait, <laughs> you have fit him? You have? Fit? I would have never guessed. That's funny. Literally, it, it is funny. Yeah, because the minute you step in the campus, you get like literally all girls automatically. It's like that neck break, you know, like sneakerhead mm-hmm. neck break. No, girls be like guys. <laughs> oh, guys. Yeah, they're like, oh shit, and they're not like they're not gay. Like, yeah, yeah it, it, that was like a, a culture shock in a way when I first went yeah. to Fidham. Oh my god, San Diego campus. Yeah, like, being like <laughs> the only straight male in my class, yeah. from, like 13, 14, 15 yeah, other girls, of course. and then like two guys that are gay. I was like, damn. 
Do you have a lot of guys in your major? Oh, um, I think my major is a lot smaller than mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, your major, mm -hmm. but it's more balanced. Ooh, in that's the good. Yeah, it's more balanced. But like footwear would be. Though. Yeah, it yeah. is a very. I think it's kind of a male-dominated job, to be fair. I think now going into mm -hmm. our last quarter, there's what like maybe like four or five guys and three girls. Mm -hmm. Kind of moving a little bit forward mm -hmm. past the feminine okay. thing. You work for a company that's pretty fucking legit, you know, <laughs> and not in America. Yeah. Worked for a cold wall. You yeah. put me on to a cold wall. <laughs> and they're LA influenced star. I mean, I don't. Really no. Know no. 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 Now, now I'm talking shit. No, you're <laughs> but, good. <laughs> so you worked for a cold wall in mm -hmm. London. Mm -hmm. How yes. long was that? Yeah. So cold wall. I guess I can start a brief introduction. It's actually inspired by the subculture in London. Mm -hmm. So it's quite mm -hmm. interesting. But it's just like kind of inspired by a whole like Daniel's life. I'd probably say. Of him, like of architecture and many different things. Samuel Austin, Austin, the creative director, okay, okay. by his life and the culture. Hopefully, I'm saying this correctly. I'm sorry, Samuel. <laughs> keep some slack off of me. <laughs> but yeah, so I had the great opportunity to get to actually work in the company during the summertime. So right after FITM, I decided to continue my education passion mm -hmm. for a bachelor degree. So that's why I was actually going to school in London, mm -hmm. and then. From school in London, I had the opportunity just to work in the cold wall. And it was really a fun experience, I would say, getting mm -hmm. uh, just seeing like how a fashion house worked. Mm -hmm. Because coming from my work background, I've actually only been able to work in fast fashion companies or just really small startup companies. Mm -hmm. So just seeing to be in like a fashion house mm -hmm. is so different. Right. Like just seeing like what was, what was like the, the first moment when you realized, oh, this is a fashion house? I mean, before I got the job, I knew. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think the moment know, that, like, I remember moments. the day that I came in for the interview, I was shaking and I was, like, so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to nail this. Right, right. So I can, like, because Cole Wall has been definitely the top five companies I really want to work for. Mm -hmm. So I was very happy that I had the chance to. And just working closely with the creative director, Samuel Ross, it was really, like, just get to learn about how his work ethic is. It's really big. I don't know if you guys knew, but. Virgil is actually Samuel. They like I think what's it called? Like what Kanye? No, like what Kanye? Oh, oh mentor. Yeah, mentor. mentor yeah. Mm. So Virgil mentored Samuel. Mm. So it's really? really yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you so, know? Do you know? I don't know who he is. Samuel Ross? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. Cut! <laughs> <laughs> cut the podcast! Cut! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you said, it was like you do Okay, you like Air Forces, Air uh, Cold Wall Air Force. That's yeah. big. Yeah, I love their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you just bluffing with no, me. No, I'm not bluffing, dude. I'm not. I've do you seen... know what other Cold Wall? There's multiple Nike collabs. There's multiple Nike collabs. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I guess the the Converse one kind of counts. Yeah, I kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's yeah. a Vimero one. Really? Yeah, with, it's like a Vimero with like a little cube on the back. It's quite, it's a very conceptual shape. But, so that's kind of what Samuel's known for. It's like walking pieces of artwork. So it was just really nice seeing the whole development. I actually was able to work during fashion week. So I was able to like help finish the last pieces of the runway outfits before I got into the runway. Right. So it was really fun seeing the whole environment of like everyone running around, stressing out. And I was like right. sent to get like other things to pick up. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah.
Did I miss it? I miss working, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, it was really fun working in the office, and I was doing more of the design and production side. So I was working on tech packs, more of like the technical stuff. And then, yeah, and I, yeah, and I was actually really honored to be able to work in one of the collaborations that he did with Daniel Arsham. You guys know who he is. You say, yeah, I'll say yeah for you. <laughs> okay, so Daniel Arsham, he's this amazing sculptor. It's okay. To be fair, I didn't know him until I did the collaboration, and everyone was mad at me because they were like, how do you not know him? Like, that's so big that you're doing a collab and stuff. But he did a really big collaboration with Dior. Have okay. you seen the runways or like the bags with like the jewels? Like, Cor- From Dior. Yeah. Yeah. Like, with the. <laughs> For real? <laughs> but it's basically he's known for like a corrosion. It's really beautiful. It's like uh-huh. he does sculptures of he did collaboration with Pikachu, like or not Pikachu, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But he did a whole sculpture of Pikachu and it's like corroded with crystals coming out. Oh, I'll show you guys later. Right. The viewers, I know you guys are smart, you guys probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, added in post. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll Photoshop, add some pictures, whatever. But anyways, so so he did a collaboration with Samuel Ross Coldwell. Mm-hmm. So I was able to actually work with that and creating all the graphics and stuff and seeing it actually physically in store in Selfridges and was there during the launch and everything kind of sold out within an hour. So yeah. that was really cool yeah. seeing my shit. I'm like, yo, I did shit that shit. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we kind of talked about this before, but how'd you feel about the, uh, the Converse collab? The Converse collab, they're really nice. I actually saw them in the office when I first came into work. Mm-hmm. And that was last year around June-ish. I think they're really nice. I think they're very heavy. I didn't mm-hmm. expect them. I mean, it looked like kind of like a rubber, like rain boot, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys saw they had a black one that was coming out this yeah. week. It's kind of nice. It just think of all black. One? Instead, the gray's all black. Because yeah. see, when I saw the shoe originally, I thought it was beige. No, it's no. gray. I would have yeah. liked it a lot better as beige. I could and see gray? that. I think everyone's into the beige wave nowadays, especially with the off-white pores and all that. Like the earth tone. Beige would have been cool. It yeah. Been. Beige would have been fucking yeah. dope. But how many beige shoes have you have already? I have one pair. Okay. I feel like I just feel no, like you I have, have the so the, the Puma and um, Rude collab. Okay. My bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Light flex. Yeah. So I mean, kind of a little bit mm-hmm. off of fashion, mm-hmm. but just how was the experience of living in a whole other country? London. London. Oh, I think the best thing that anything has been created in this world is traveling. I think everybody needs to travel. Say that one more time for the, for the listeners who don't fucking. The best know. thing that this world <laughs> offering is traveling. Dang. Please travel if you can. Just learn different cultures. Just embracing and like the whole atmosphere. It's just you learn so much from it. And yeah. yeah. How to London myself? Yeah, I was gonna kind of ask, um, how was working out there? Did you have to get like a like a visa or something, working visa? Oh, because I was a student, mm-hmm. I already have a student visa, and oh, I could work. Okay. That's the only reason why. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, okay. So, uh, we've both been to London, actually. Yeah. Okay. Been more than I have, but we oh, put together okay. once, and we stayed out there for like a week. I want to mm-hmm. say. And London is dope. Like at the time we were living in Europe, mm-hmm. so 
it was kind of nostalgic going to London because mm. it kind of reminded me at least of like a city that would be in mm. America, just like way more metropolitan. Yeah. And then they drive on the opposite side. But just being around the people that would speak English, even though their English is. What are you talking about? It's beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. That that it can be a lot. I mean, it's funny because everyone thinks that British, like they think of London, oh, they must talk very (coughs) proper, like a British English, but there's actually so many different accents, like there's like dialects, especially Mm -hmm. like there's literally when you go outskirts, like there's West London accent, there's like different types of London accent, it's crazy. Yeah, it is, it is pretty Watch Love Island, you guys know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What about Love Island? The show, well, like the the show Love Island. I know they just have one in the U.S., but they're very oh, popular. Okay, okay. The one in the U.K., but you will hear like all different types of accents. You're like, ooh, mm. and it's like it's not That's that pretty. Show. But like, also just the culture out there mm-hmm. is, is is pretty cool. You mm-hmm. know, like I remember riding around like one of the old school taxis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, forget how to describe it's like the the, like, the, the the black one. Yeah, the black one yeah. with like a number on the door. Yeah. They're really big. Yeah. yeah, and then like the whole train system was was fucking tight, getting the mm-hmm. oyster car and going around mm-hmm. in the bricks and saw the Wembley Stadium. You know, I'm a big oh, soccer fan, yes. so like seeing shit like yes. that was was really really cool. Mm-hmm. We went out like we were at a you heard of wireless festival? Yes, I have. We went to it's the really wireless big. festival. Yeah, very big. And that shit was crazy, <laughs> crazy. But it was that was kind of like a melting pot. So it wasn't really like mm-hmm. the True. London feel. But I I would go back. I would definitely go back. What's your favorite part about London? Mm, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Maybe just the culture overall yeah. uh, that I enjoy. I'm kind of uh, like Rev said, the accents can be extreme for me <laughs> in certain areas, but uh, I enjoy the culture the most. The food is good too. English breakfast, you can't go wrong. Which part of London were you guys in? Were you guys kind of everywhere or? I feel like we I, we went around. We went to Liverpool. We went oh, to Manchester. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. He, was, he was the one navigating. Because okay. I think that was your second time, right? Mm. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to remember. Because sure, I've been like, maybe like Have four you guys times. been in shortage? <clears throat> Have you been what? Shortage. Uh-uh. It's like a city in London. I it's like, so. I mean, it's in center. Like, if you guys ever want to go out, mm-hmm. find some really nice, like, thrift shops and stuff. There's a like, thrift shop out there. What is it? Yeah, Shortage is the place to go. You guys want to go club, go mm-hmm. wild. I'll say, like, at that time, Shortage. That time in my life, I wasn't, like, crazy about getting mm-hmm. new clothes. Mm-hmm. We're in places. Mm-hmm. When I was more high off of the fact that I'm yeah. traveling to new countries. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that would have been cool if we were collecting fits. Uh, I know. We were. You guys can still that do it. What are you talking about? I mean, I, I kind of <laughs> yeah. did that with like soccer jerseys. Ah, uh, so that part was cool. Mm-hmm. But other than regular drops, I mean, Amsterdam is is mm-hmm. got a big fashion scene like, for yeah, streetwear. For sure. And then like in the Dutch brands, oh, they got yeah. dope ass Dutch brands. I know, like the Nike for designers out in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. Amsterdam so, is. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam is legit. <laughs> Let's manifest this dream. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I know you started your your own collection, mm-hmm. which is something that mm-hmm. I really I really really fuck with. This. So I'm gonna do eventually. Mm-hmm. How was that? Like what what brought forth inspiration? I guess for the first collection. Mm-hmm. So for usually for a bachelor program, you're most likely gonna have a graduate collection. So 
I was very lucky to be, not really lucky, I paid for my tuition, mm-hmm. but <laughs> you're guided to, you have instructors and everyone to help you to kind of refine your aesthetics and your personal philosophy mm-hmm. into like a final graduate selection. Mm-hmm. So for me, I've always had, I always loved like just streetwear as a whole. I think because like for me, I was born in Hong Kong and it's like a huge streetwear sh- it's a huge streetwear like scene out there so i've always been into streetwear growing up even though like i was more girly you can say but i like streetwear was always in me but so it was something i knew that i've always loved and i knew had to be something streetwear Mm -hmm. and then every all my collections i've done in the past are all streetwear based anyways and i just wanted to be more elevated Mm -hmm. so for my graduate collection i actually did a menswear Mm. Yeah, kind of inspired by the 2019 Hong Kong protests. There's so much political that go into it. Probably not going to go into it because it'd be like another a long time. It's a big podcast. It'll be a part two of the podcast, pretty much. And they want me back, apparently. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so it's inspired mainly by entire protests. So my cousin actually is a photographer for the protests. He's a protester himself. So I'm u- utilizing his images <clears throat> and kind of interpreting it into fashion pretty much so it's protest scenes that are like basically these young teenagers kind of risking their life like throwing gas tear bomb like the whole i don't know if you have seen like the blm movement that was in seattle that got really crazy i was actually yeah he was there you were there there. no way but like there was like tear gas umbrellas it was like some shit out of fucking um purge oh yeah 100 percent So Hong Kong has been protesting like that for a whole year, pretty much over a year. And then it's really cool seeing like all the the tactics that they used there. And it's like everyone's kind of of, no, just like the tactics they like how like what people are doing, the protesters are doing and like Mm. the the Hong Kong people are kind of educating the U.S. letting them know like, oh, guys, be careful. Like, yeah, I'm sure us as an example. Yeah, kind of exactly. Like, oh, like Mm -hmm. there's tear gas, like. Make sure to have saran wrap or like make sure to have umbrellas to block yourself, like have water bottles, like have extinguished tear I don't think gas. Be knowledgeable yeah. like that. But like there was a lot of Instagram posts about yeah. and even on the internet, Twitter and everything, which was really I was very happy. I'm like, yes, everyone needs to know because I feel like not a lot of people even know what's happening in Hong yeah. Kong. And now it's, the protest is over. But my collection was kind of done before. But you can kind of see this is like an image that my cousin shot. So that's mm. like the police. And then the umbrellas. So like they're throwing into your gas into the crowd so they have umbrellas as protection. So my collection kind of based on items that are used so it's heavily on umbrellas. Mm-hmm. Um, that, the patterns. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So like the patterns that I've cut are like <clears throat> umbrella shaped triangles and they connect mm-hmm. kind of. But it's a lot of draping and then yeah. But I hopefully mm-hmm. I kind of made that clear. Creed right kind of, yeah. So it's a lot of utility wear. A lot of things like detach and they t- transform into other things. So like okay. there's a bag here, you can detach it, it turns into a bag. I yeah. definitely see the from you working at a cold wall, I see the, the similar not aesthetic, but like it's different. Yeah, it's yeah. different, but it's mm-hmm. kinda like in the mm-hmm. in the same realm in a way. Yeah, so this bomber jacket unzips on the neckline, it turns into a G leg, turns into a vest. So everything kind of like connects. And then, yeah, but unfortunately, not everything is completely finished because of the whole COVID. Oh, by mm-hmm. the way, everybody, I made this collection during the lockdown. So I was running out of fabrics. It was a mess. 
Yeah, Anything running out of thread, like breaking needles. It's <laughs> yeah. very traumatic, but I got it done. I'm saying anytime yeah. you bring something to life, yeah. in a drive like that, you're going to see mm-hmm. worn on somebody or on yourself. It's always an amazing feeling. Thank you. Regardless. Yeah. And that jacket unzips on the side, so it turns into a shorter jacket. Oh, that's but, dope. Yeah. That's dope. And then the, the entire hood unzips. And so what can we expect from Natalie Wong for the next collection, huh? What we'll expect. <laughs> um, we'll see where that goes. I think making a collection is a lot mentally. It takes a lot of headspace. And sometimes it takes a lot out of you. And especially when you're doing it by yourself, if you don't have mm-hmm. self-motivation, mm-hmm. without like teachers to push you, it's really hard. And it's it's a very like, it's like a self-journey. It's a very mm-hmm. mental self-journey. And I feel like after this, I'm definitely gonna have more in the future mm-hmm. and I do wanna refine it because unfortunately this isn't really like my I had a whole vision of what I want it to be and it didn't really turn out that way because right. of like the whole Rona Everything, situation. Yeah. yeah, I was supposed to have a runway show and that got cancelled too. So <laughs> Yeah. So it's been it's been a rough one for the kid, you know, for all the students <laughs> out here. Honestly, round of applause because online learning is not fun. And all the frontline workers, thank you for what you do. All the delivery drivers, essential workers, you guys are amazing. This is that time, huh? Yeah, you got, you got, you got to thank everybody because those people, your delivery guy is the people who mailed your your sewing machine that you needed. Exactly. Hey, shout out to the delivery man. Exactly for the one time, even though they throw packages around, but it's all good. Oh, All right, well, you got- yeah, I got a question for yeah. you, uh, kind of real quick. Could you share with the viewers a little bit about your creative process? Oh, okay, my creative process, just in general. Yeah, just in general. I think. Oh, that's so. That's a hard question. <laughs> like, does <laughs> it? Thinking, like, does it change depending on like? What you're working on? I think it's similar progress mm-hmm. for majority of things, but most of the time, how a collection or anything works, regardless you're making collection, it can just be a garment or shoes. You always see something, right? That sparks it, right? You're like you right. see, it could be anything, like a museum, like artwork from a museum, or just someone that you see in the street wearing something. In the nature, it could be anything. Usually, mm-hmm. you have that spark, and from there, you kind of channel that. Mm-hmm. And you kind of find creative ways on making it your perspective or your, not perspective, like your aesthetics, Aesthetic, yeah. like your, mm-hmm. exactly. So I feel like for me, for this collection, for example, just seeing all the photos that my cousin will show me that he's mm-hmm. like, this is what's happening in Hong Kong right now. And it kind of like hit home for me because like that is my hometown. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to do something. I need to share this because not a lot of people even know what is happening. Right. So for me, it was like I saw images, and from there I pulled out specific items, and then just try to translate it in my own way. So I okay. see umbrellas, right? So umbrellas, I will like umbrellas or triangles, right? I I literally because London rains a lot. There's always umbrellas on the street. I literally <laughs> picked up an umbrella from the street, like broke out all the wires out, draped it on the mannequin. That's it. That's jacket one. <laughs> umbrellas in the street like lime scooters? Yeah. But like they're broken because people like, <laughs> it's just like broken things that you find on the street. I'm just like, I'm going to use that and try to like do something with it. And then it's just like anything in general. Like I feel like art is a huge part. Or even seeing just anything. I don't know. 
Hopefully I answered that question. You did. <laughs> yeah. Something else that I just mm-hmm. kind of thought of mm-hmm. while looking at your collection. Do you like Ri Kawakubo? Yes. I love. Yeah. Your collection kind of reminds me of some of her work. Yeah. I think a lot of the Japanese designers have a huge impact on it. Like, mm-hmm. I really like Sakai. I really like... There's so many. Like, they a are lot a lot of, of good ones. Yeah. Who, who is that designer? I haven't actually heard of her. She's a... Uh, Oh, really? Yeah, Comedy Dark Clones. It's her fashion house. Yeah. She's the creative director? Yeah. yeah. She's the oh. one who like who created it. Yeah. Honestly, I never looked into... I feel like once I get a garment mm-hmm. from them, that's when I will look into it. Yeah. If, oh, we're in LA right now. Dover Street Market, guys. Everyone go in there. Feel and touch. And just, you will see. Like Dur- During COVID era. <laughs> <laughs> Feel in touch. touch the clothes, not people, the clothes. But anyway, Silver Street Market, a great place to actually, for inspiration. Mm-hmm. I would go there all the time when I was in London. Just seeing all the different designers that you've never even heard of. Just mm-hmm. seeing all the, like, it's so different when you see a picture or a picture of a garment versus you see it in person. It's completely right. different. Like, even like a different person tries it on, right? It lays different. So just seeing the the little details that you don't even catch on photos. Like, for example, right. my collection, you can't even see all the details. Like, there's so many details that you don't see. Right. So it's it's kind of just seeing the garment in person and kind of appreciating right. it, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, I mean, this has been fucking tight. This has been dope. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this is the first time I've really had, like, a full-on fashion oh, episode. Thank you. Right. And it's better than I expected, but. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you got anything to put out as in like Instagram? Where people find yeah. you at? This and that. Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram on my fashion page, Natalie N A T A L I E L W O N G Wong on Instagram. Yeah, check me out. Hit me up if you guys want to work with me. Companies, if you guys, I'm looking for a job right now, so help us this out. Yeah, you know, Nike tunes in, so. Yeah, oh, shit. Yeah, let's go, Nike. I love you. I love you, Nike. I used to work for you guys, so yeah, hit a girl up. Let a girl know. Yeah, yeah this should have been tight, man. You know, um, thanks again. Yeah. Right. Really appreciated you stopping in. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. It was great. And with that being said, this has been y'all. Peace.